Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast, I'm Jack Murley, and on this week's episode, myself and co-host, professional rugby player Charlie Beckett, look ahead to what is arguably the biggest weekend in wrestling in years. We look ahead to AEW Rampage, the first dance, and how, when, and if CM Punk will debut for Tony Khan's promotion. Then we turn our attention to SummerSlam and the long-awaited clash between Roman Reigns and John Cena. And after that, it's looking ahead to NXT TakeOver 36 and a card that promises to deliver over and above any of our expectations. As always, this is a show for you. You can rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And don't forget to get in touch with your thoughts on whatever's happening in the world of wrestling. At Jack underscore Murley, at Charlie underscore Beckett and Earning the Push podcast at Hotmail.com. And with all of that said, let's get on with the show. Oh, it's carnage, isn't it? It's absolutely mental. There is so much going on. What a time to be a wrestling fan. Like, if there's not something that's going to take your fancy this weekend, there's not one show that you're looking forward to and that come Monday morning, you're like, you know what, that was a, that was my kind of wrestling, then I'm not sure wrestling's for you, really, because everything's catered for this weekend. And it's something that has been so long in the making. It's been so long since we've had genuine competition between two companies, alternatives being offered. So the only way we're going to be able to do this is to almost work our way through this chronologically. So let's start with when we threw a fan poll up on social media, the thing that got everyone's interest, 80% plus of our fans saying that the thing they were most excited about was AEW Rampage, episode number two of that. It's called The First Dance. It comes to the United Center in Chicago this Friday night. The CM Punk debut is all but confirmed. It has to be not only the biggest night in AEW history, quite clearly, but arguably the biggest night in wrestling for some time. Just imagine if he didn't come out there. That's Everyone's saying this to me. Everyone's saying this. That's what's making me smile at the moment. It's just imagine if, like, they've obviously they've obviously thought they've had him. Just imagine for some reason at the last hour it went wrong. What would you do? We've seen fans like Paul Rey Mysterio when he came out of the Rumble and he wasn't Daniel Bryan. We've seen fans be angry. But, oh, my God, could you imagine what that crowd would be like? I've had a few people say, imagine if he showed up on SmackDown. Imagine if Vince McMahon walked out. Imagine if John Cena walked out. But here's a serious point in all of this. What is enough for fans tonight? Is enough an announcement of CM Punk coming to no. AEW? What, what does he, it need to be? He has to be in that ring live. He has to walk down that ramp. Cult of personality has to hit. You think you think they can use that? You'd be shocked if they couldn't. That opening riff has to hit, and they just have to lose their minds in that stadium, in that arena, don't they? I think an announcement would leave everyone disappointed. Like, if they hadn't hyped it so much, an announcement that we've signed CM Punk and they'll be it all out, would be absolutely astronomical, it would be huge. But it's so hyped that that crowd, especially they're in Chicago, that crowd, if he doesn't come in that ring, they'll riot. They will riot. If he doesn't walk down that ramp and get in that ring tonight, they will riot. That's all. I don't think he needs to get physical. At a push, he doesn't really need to say anything. And the right sort of stare down would do it. Now, I'm sure he will. I think what we'll get is... Well, we spoke about it off air. I think you'd want it to be your main event segment, but it's going to hijack the whole show if you don't do it first up. 
I, I reckon all that happens is it comes on live, JR or whoever's on commentary says, welcome to AW Rampage, the first dance, and I just reckon cut of personality hits there and then. I think you've got to get it out of the way straight away and get him down the ramp. And then what they do the rest of the night with him, I don't know. But you do that and you've got the wildest crowd for next hour that you've ever seen. Yeah, I think the thing is as well, and here's where my broadcasting geekery comes into it a little bit. It's on later in the day. It's on at 10 o'clock at night. So are you really going to want to to bank on extending that audience and taking them through to 11 o'clock? Or do you just have him out? In terms of how AEW have played this, how would you rank the way they have teased it and they've built the anticipation? Because it is not an easy thing to do to sign the biggest free agent in wrestling. And let's, it's all but confirmed. Let's go with the fact that is what's happening, barring something catastrophic that will leave the entire wrestling world aghast. How do you think Tony Khan's played this? Not badly, for a start. Definitely not badly. It's not how I would have done it. I would like to be going into that with a bit of mystery on it. Like you say, it is, it, there is no mystery on it anymore. I would have liked to go in with some sort of not knowing. You wonder, I don't know if they had planned that and then it got out when Fightful, Fightful Select reported it. So you don't know if they wanted to keep it secret, but you think they would have it just a huge prize. But then on the flip side, it's like when they when WWE announced Daniel Bryan was coming back out of retirement. You want those eyes on that show, don't you? So the only way you get that for sure is you announce it in advance. The fact that it is basically Darby Allen saying best in the world over and over again. CM Punk teasing it on his commentary of a, of the UFC of the MMA, like it, it is. I would like to be some mystery. What about you? What would you have done if you were Tony Khan? I think it's impossible to stop this getting out. I did hear a really interesting discussion a few weeks back on the Busted Open podcast where Bully Ray was saying, "Just imagine what the pop would be if no one knew. If no one knew." That said. If no one knew, you and I wouldn't be here going, sure, we've got SummerSlam coming up, but AEW's got its second Rampage. We we wouldn't be talking about Rampage anywhere near as high up as it is. Here's something I'm going to throw out, and by the time most people listen to this, I will either be right or I'll be wrong. I reckon they announced Daniel Bryan as well tonight. Why do you think that? Because they're not going to have more eyes on their show than they will tonight. So if you're dragging people over from WWE, if tonight is the one night you check out AEW, and let's say for argument's sake they have signed Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, I think that they uh, they announce him tonight, and I think they say he's debuting at Grand Slam, and I think that is a surprise that no one sees coming to go alongside CM Punk. Now, I could be completely wrong. Daniel Bryan could come out at SummerSlam and disrupt the main event between John Cena and Roman Reigns, but if you've got Bryan locked up, what better time to announce him than now? I'd be shocked if it's not a conversation they've had because, like you said, they are not going to have more eyes on them than today. I know the first thing I'm going to do tomorrow morning is I'm, I'm playing tomorrow, but I'll be up for my breakfast four and I'll have Fight TV on. Jack's Fight TV. Jack very kindly lets me use his login. Um, <laughs> and I'll have it on and I'll be putting Rampage straight on because you're going to stay up, aren't you? Well, you're not You're going to get up because you've got the breakfast show. Yeah, in, in my other job, I present a breakfast show on the Saturdays where my alarm usually goes off at 3.30. Now, if I get up at 3.00, uh, maybe I get up at 2.55, log yeah. in, I can watch it live. I'm so tempted. I'm so, so tempted. In the grand scheme of things, what's that half hour going to do, really? Really, what's that half hour, 35 minutes going to do? <laughs> at that time of morning, it does a lot. It does an awful lot. Um, we shouldn't gloss over, by the way, two excellent episodes. Firstly, the Rampage debut episode, where Christian Cage defeats Kenny Omega to win the Impact World Championship. 
And then Wednesday night's Dynamite was, to me, extraordinary for two key moments. The first was Sting at 62, looking as good as he's ever looked, and then Chris Jericho being serenaded to the ring by 5,000-plus fans in Houston, an all-time epic moment for Jericho. First of all, on Rampage, how nice is a one-hour wrestling show? How nice? I mean, because I didn't realise it was one hour till I watched. I thought it was going to turn. I was like, gosh, this is more of a bad shake. One hour is a lovely length of wrestling show. Really, mm. really enjoy that. And a nice, a nice change at the moment. Like that's what NXT should still be. I, d- I never thought it should have gone to two hours on USA. Um, so no, really enjoyed, really good uh, debut for Rampage. And I did not see Christian Cage beating Kenny Omega. Won't lie, I do struggle to keep up with how many titles he has, who he's facing for them, and which one he's defending. When Christian won, I was like, I'm not sure which title he's just won. I'm, I'm, and then I was like, oh, it's in power, right? Okay, now I know. Uh, it's also really cool to see these belt defended on each other's shows. Mm. Like you then see him go over and face Andrade on AAA. Uh, it's just, it's just really cool time to be a wrestling fan that AEW is quote unquote sharing. I'm sure everyone pays for the privilege, but sharing their talent and sharing and giving a giving a shine to these to the smaller companies the indies. It's, I, I think it's good for wrestling. I really do. Um, and then Dynamite was excellent. Sting. I text you, it's like the man, you said he's six, so I text you, how good does he look? How good does Sting look? And when he no sells going through that table, just brilliant, just pop straight. I was like, no, here we go, double death drop. So really enjoyed that. And the whole Jericho story, I, I thought Jericho was going to beat MJF. I really did. And you know what? I don't know why I thought that, because of course, Jericho, we said last week, Jericho is in the conversations, the GOAT. He, he gets wrestling, he gets it. Of course, he's going to put him over. Of course he is, because otherwise it makes MJF look like an absolute numpty, doesn't it? Because he had he, through Jericho's been through these five weeks of hell and and can't use his finisher, and MJF can't put him away. That doesn't help MJF, but it helps Jericho because he's come through these four weeks. But then, when did you last see Chris Jericho tap out? Well, I can't remember him ever tapping out. I'm sure in some of his feuds with Benoit and Angle back in WWE, he'll have tapped them out and submitted. But it's a long old time. A lo- did you enjoy? And this is nitpicking. The match felt a little anticlimactic to me. Yeah, I would agree, especially after the uh, how the barbaric nature of the previous matches and how, what um, this, this um, spectacle they've been. It was it wasn't the world's best match. I'm not going to go back and watch that match. I mean, it's, it wasn't it wasn't Taker Michaels from WrestleMania 25. Let's put it that way. But started with that moment of those fans singing Judas he comes to the ring imagine being Chris just imagine being Chris Jericho first of all imagine being a, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time and being a rock star two of the coolest jobs in the two of the jobs that little boys grow up dreaming of having that parents just smile at and laugh he has two of them mm. then imagine being such a great wrestler that everyone knows you so everyone knows you think you wants to sing it but that theme tune being your song you wrote you perform and 5,000 people sing on the way to the ring for you. You could see him in the ring almost getting a little bit emotional. That must be one of those, an all-time moment of like, this is really cool. And he's innovating. And he's, you know, in his early 50s. He is not the hot new young thing on the, on the block. And yet he is as relevant as he's ever been. So we come down from the Friday night debut, we think, of CM Punk, we take a breath, we go about our days, and then on Saturday, we sit ourselves back in front of the television, 
for the biggest party of the summer. We'll come on to the whole SummerSlam card in a moment because that deserves its own discussion, but there is no doubt about what is selling that event. Roman Reigns against John Cena. You're staying up late for this one, Charlie, and it is... I won't say it's a one-match show, as we'll discuss later, but this is far and away above anything else WWE has been able to churn out for ages. Yeah, there's one reason I'm staying up and one reason only. I don't want any spoilers to that Rain Cena match. I want to see what happens, what goes down. I want to see it live. I said to you on text this week, I can't remember the last time I had this sort of big fight feel in WWE. Like it's this is this feels like currently the biggest match they can give us. It doesn't feel like there's a bigger match in, in WWE currently. And that's huge. And they don't often do that. Normally, you go into a feud, you go into a fight, and you're already talking about the next one. No one's talking about what happens next, who Roman faces next, who Cena faces next, because everything is on Saturday. Um, I really can't wait. I thought their promos on SmackDown last week were excellent. You see them name dropping Dean Ambrose and Nikki Bella. They're, these two aren't messed about. Um, yeah, I thought their promos were excellent. I think it's really interesting how much of a backseat Heyman's taken on the mic in this. Mm. Um, we haven't seen much of him at all since he sung Cena's theme tune we haven't seen him really on the mic which is testament to Roman because I don't know if it's because if you think back to the 2017 feud Cena absolutely dominated Reigns on the mic in that like took him to school really and and said it he said if you could cut a half decent promo I wouldn't be here so I don't know if Reigns has got a bit of a chip on his shoulder about that wants to prove the world that he can but he absolutely is hanging with Cena in the promos now I love that they haven't been physical. We don't need to see it. I don't need to see them fight. You don't see when Joshua and Fury, when they finally get in the ring, you're not going to see them have a little spar beforehand, are you? Don't ruin that moment. Don't don't give me that. I even wouldn't mind if this Friday on SmackDown it's just full of VT because let's be honest, no one's watching SmackDown on Friday. Let's be honest, SmackDown could roll out Dunk the Clown for two hours. No one's watching it. Just just take take the L on this one, SmackDown. Everyone's watching Rampage. So two, two things, because I think you're right, people will maybe save themselves for the Rampage after SmackDown and just go about their day so they're ready for that. Um, you and I don't disagree much. I haven't loved the last week of build to this match, and I'll tell you why, and maybe I'm wrong on this. I don't love the way that John Cena has denigrated Roman Reigns, because I can't argue with what he's saying and to me it's defining reigns down cena's saying reigns you've been protected you've not got the job done look at where the ratings are that's why they've bought me back and if i'm a fan sitting there i'm going yeah he's he's right roman reigns isn't all that and when john cena toddles off to do his next movie as he will and has earned the right to the guy who is left is the guy that john cena has just denigrated but he's not done it in a way that makes me more invested in Roman Reigns. He's not said you cheat to win. Um, you're a terrible, despicable human being. All the insider shots he's taking are true. Ratings are down. And Roman Reigns is the one they're putting it on. And when you've got your, your only real hot act for WWE is Roman Reigns, I wouldn't have your part-time superstar come back and Bigfoot him. I'd have rather if John Cena had found a different way to talk down Roman Reigns. Now, am I overthinking that? No, no, I absolutely see your point. But do you think if he hadn't said those things, me and you'd be sat here going, why is he not doing this? This is the obvious thing to go at Roman for. And is this not why Roman has to... Because you think you think Cena's winning at the weekend. Do you not think this is why Roman has to beat him? Roman has to beat him because that's part of the story then of 
yes, it's, it's not going to help the ratings per se, like that thing, but seeing us going, you're protected, you're this, but in the ring with me on Saturday, there is no protection, it's me and you, then Reigns, surely Reigns has to win that, doesn't he? D- well, well, the fact I'm hesitating over it and the fact I've put a seed of doubt in your head, let's let's it, lay out the reasons why, okay? It, hadn't, people- it hadn't crossed my mind until you said the day that Roman might not win. It hadn't crossed my mind, but now I'm like, oh, God, he might not. So let's let's look at my my logic and and folks, you can agree, you can disagree. Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Murley, earning the push podcast at hotmail.com. A win for John Cena would make him the 17 time world champion and surpass Ric Flair's record at a time when Ric Flair has just left the company. Do fans care? No. Does WWE care? Perhaps. If John Cena is back for more than just the one match, how does Roman Reigns beat him? and then get a second and presumably third bout out of John Cena. And WWE loves sending the fans home happy. We've heard it a long time. Now, they didn't do it at WrestleMania. But if John Cena isn't winning this match, who is the person that sends the fans home happy? Is Goldberg taking the title off Lashley? And is that going on last? Don't. Don't, don't, Well, exactly. Is Becky Lynch coming back? And is one of the women's matches going on in the main event slot? Perhaps I just have a grain of doubt that's that Roman Reigns is going to win. And let's say for argument's sake, John Cena does come out on top. What does that do to Roman Reigns and what they've done so far with him? This is the issue they have with Roman Reigns now is he is such a perfectly booked character. He's so strong. I don't know how he loses. We, we tried to fantasy book it a while ago. I don't know how it happens. Um, well, I do, and if Vince, you want to listen, go back and listen to ours. They're two very good ideas. But <laughs> send the fan home, fans home happy is an interesting one because I will only be happy if Roman wins. So I struggle with that. It's not like, yes, seen as the face going into this, yes, he's being cheered, but I don't want him winning because that's not what I need. I don't need another part-timer as my world champ. And it's seen as different. And Because it sounds like what Cena said, he's back for a decent bit of time. Yes, taking a break in his films. So again, I don't know what he does if he doesn't win. I, d- I don't know. And that's another reason why I'm so intrigued with this. Like, I will bite on the false finishes this, this Saturday night. I will bite hard on them because I am invested in this match. And if, he, if Cena wins, I will be booing the screen. I guarantee you that. So let's look at if Roman Reigns does win, which I think we're agreed is the best thing for business to quote authority era raw from back when it's best for business for, for Roman Reigns to win, who, but who's next? And Lord, I hope it's not Goldberg, but who, who, who is that? Who has WWE built up that is credible? We've, as you say, we've tried to fancy book it unless Brock Lesnar's music hits at mm-hmm. the end of SummerSlam and he comes down to stare down Roman Reigns, but then you've just got more part-timers coming back. Well, this is an issue. You'd think Finn's next, wouldn't you? After what happens with the don't remind me with the whole contract nonsense. But you think Finn was next. You presume that. But he's not um, gonna win it. He's he's no. not credible. Dwayne's coming back, isn't he? The Survivor series, if you believe the if you believe the reports. There's only one match to have there. There's 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 I know Dwayne, the Rock isn't the man to beat him, I don't think. I don't think he's the man to beat him because I think he has to cement himself to head the table. Otherwise, what was his whole last 18 months for when The Rock rocks back up and does it? But that's your WrestleMania match, surely. Surely. Surely he comes back at Survivor Series because uh, it's 20 years of The Rock, isn't it? Or 25 mm. years of The Rock. 25, One, I think, yeah. 25 years of The Rock. And he debuted at Survivor Series, didn't he? Um, he comes back. 
bit of a party for the rock back. And then Rome, they have a hug, Roman has it, and then there's a little bit of friction, and then you've got a slow build WrestleMania, surely. But that, yeah. that, and that, and then I can't believe I'm going to say this. I think I've said in the past, I think Brock's the man to take it off him. I really do. I really do. I think he's the only man you believably can take it off him. The story writes itself with Heyman stuck in the middle. And that's how I'd do it. I'd have Heyman turn on him, like I booked it. I'd have Heyman turn on him. And then Lesnar's lost before. Lesnar is probably the only one who you could believe would beat Roman. But he isn't as protected and booked as strongly as Roman is nowadays. We've seen Lesnar lose. And put him in a multi-man match, Fatal 4 ways. He doesn't have to be pinned if you want. Have Lesnar have it for a few months, then lose, and then move on. Now, I don't know how the Tribal Chief character works without the title. I don't know how that works, but he can't have the title forever. Unless he can. Maybe Roman keeps the title forever. And there we go. The Universal title's done. But this is the problem that WWE has, and they may not see it as a problem. What do I know? They've got billion-dollar TV deals. They're absolutely fine in their mind. But I would suggest that AEW has done a good job in two years of elevating new talent. And here we are saying, who's going to beat Roman Reigns? Is it going to be returning star X in The Rock? Is it going to be returning star Y in Brock Lesnar? And there is no new talent. I mean, they have had a best part of a year of Romans in this character. If they can do it with Roman, why can't they do it with someone else? Because someone needs to be at that level. They can't just bring back part-timers. How desperate do you think Vince McMahon is to keep Adam Cole? Well, do you, because, do you, yeah. because you, he, could, he could put Cole in that spot. If he's that desperate to keep him, if he's that desperate and, Cole's, and Cole wants to see that faith repaid, how do you show someone you're more serious about keeping them and saying, OK, we'll take the title off Roman? Before we get back to the show, a quick reminder that word of mouth is the best way to grow this podcast. So if you have friends who are wrestling fans, let them know about what we do. Tell them in person or share the love on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or however you're doing your socialing. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you can get fresh episodes of Earning the Push each and every week. And now, back to the show. Can I just take a word for Goldberg's son? For glow up of the century, glow up, I believe, as the kids say. You look at him compared to when he was on, what was it, four years ago? He's puberty's hit him hard in all the right ways, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, no, it is a very good card. It is, I think, Mysterios and the Usos will try to still match the night. They, that, you watch what they did on the pre show of uh, Money in the Bank. If anyone hasn't seen that match, go back and watch it because it's brilliant. I can't believe it was on the pre show. Like, mm. that was a main card match. Styles Omos versus RK Bro will be fun, and that's going to be a really good fun match. As much as I laugh about it, and I say they can't wrestle. I do love a giant. I do love a giant. They are cool, aren't they? And he is a proper giant, Omos. And then the other three men in that match, if you get a motivated Randy, which it seems we do, there's no doubt how well they can go. Like three men to carry him to a good match, is because he's green as grass still, isn't he, Omos? I think pairing him with Styles was such a clever move, by the way protect his lack of rest by putting him with still probably the best wrestler in your company. It's clever. Goldberg Lashley, if it goes longer than five minutes, has got it wrong. It should be very similar to that Goldberg-Lesnar match at WrestleMania a few years ago where they just smash each other for five minutes. Goldberg has a couple of matches left on his contract, we're told. Um, is there any way you see Bill Goldberg getting the victory over Bobby Lashley? No, is the answer. And if he does, I'll be absolutely livid. Livid. Uh, just a thought on Bobby Lashley while we're here. I've since I've 
throughout being 10 and loved love Bobby Lashley. I've never been a huge Lashley fan. He's brilliant on the Broken School sessions and the yes. bits I've seen. And the bits I've seen. Very interesting guy. And oh, how good Stone Cold. I know we say it every time a Broken School session because how good Stone Cold. He, he is not only one of the premier talents ever to do it inside a wrestling ring, he is a phenomenal interviewer. And I, I give credit to Alex McCarthy from TalkSport for flagging this up. My favourite thing is Stone Cold talking through matches. And Alex McCarthy noticed it first, and now I can't unsee it. The yeah. way he talks. Can we get him on commentary, please? Please. And just let him go. Don't interrupt him. He's amazing. <laughs> It'll be like... Irish whip off the ropes hard. Close on. Oh, yeah, you're down, man. You're down. And now pop up. Power bomb. Boom. Yes. One, two, kick out. Oh, so close. <laughs> it's like, it's <laughs> snug. Those punches. Nice and snug, man. Nice and snug. Now, I couldn't do comebacks, but bam, look at that pile. He, he is just amazing. And Bobby Lashley, that version of Bobby Lashley on there, really, really interesting guy. Soft spoken businessman, go along to get along interesting character i i feel more invested in bobby lashley having seen that than i have been arguably through his wwe title run not a knock on what he's done as a champion it's just that gave me an insight in him and i thought it was fascinating yeah and how lucky are we i think as wrestling fans now to be living in the era where they have lifted the curtain on kayfabe we do get to know our heroes like i would have hated to be a fan of the 80s where i knew nothing about these people didn't even know their real name i think that would have been infuriating i think i would have hated that i love that we get to know these people now and we, we know what makes them tick and what they've been through and they're open and honest. I think it's just, it's it's because it can't be easy because you go out and portray one character in the ring and then to open up and be honest and be vulnerable, like they are a lot of the time in interviews, I think can't be an easy thing to do. But I think it makes me personally as a wrestler, I know some people hate it, some people want kayfabe. It makes me invest in them a lot more if I know know the person behind the character. Yeah, I agree. Let's go back to the fact you're staying up late for this and I, I say this with all respect to WWE who I think have put together really the best card they possibly could in this situation but when we say we're excited about this card are we excited because we know the potential or are we excited because we are geeing ourselves up and almost filling in the gaps that WWE hasn't because I know Edge versus Seth Rollins is going to be great and I know it's a dream match have I felt that in the promotion of the match I would say no. I know that Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks is going to absolutely deliver, but I know that because of what I know as a fan, not necessarily because of the stories that are being told. I can't sit here and tell you that in my pit of my stomach, I am as excited about SummerSlam as I am about AEW because I don't think WWE have managed that for anything beyond Cena Reigns. Yeah, I think they've hung their hat on one fight and said the rest of the card will sell itself. And it kind of has, hasn't it, really, if we're honest? Because that's what we're saying here, is we're saying they've given, they've put all their eggs in the Cena Reigns basket and then put together a lot of good matches that they know wrestling fans will think they'll be good. But most people are going to be there for one match and one match only. And it's not something they can do consistently, I don't think. Like, they're lucky that... They're not lucky, they've done it. They've done it by design. But it's the biggest match in wrestling at the moment that they've put on as the main event, so it is selling the card. It's not a one-match card, but they've sold it as that. And then I think maybe they're hoping people will be pleasantly surprised by the others. But like you say, the only the only match on there, two matches that I'm really not looking forward to, are the Raw Women's Triple Threat, because the story, they've tried to put a story to that, and it's just a mess. I do not understand it at all. Uh, and Jinder Drew. 
because I just have no time for Jinder Mahal. I'm sorry if you're listening, Jinder. I just don't enjoy watching you wrestle. Yeah, I I worry for Drew. I I mm. think we're entering suffering succotash Roman Reigns territory with Drew McIntyre at the moment, and maybe it's a rite of passage for every WWE superstar of a certain level, but he is so talented. I I can't get behind a story about a sword. I just can't. Why are they, why are they not going... Oh, we had an unbelievable feud with him and Sheamus in front of no one. Crowds would enjoy that. Yeah. Because those two have unbelievable chemistry. They're clearly very good friends. Unbelievable chemistry. Throw them in front of a crowd together. For the US title, make it for the US title. Put some prestige back on the US title, but the fact Drew wants to go and win it. Did you see, sorry, side note, uh, Shock, BT Sport, WWE did some awesome stuff this week. They're shock. Great. So um, good. Did you see there what went down with Drew and Sheamus? And when Drew's talking about the day he faced The Undertaker and talking to Wade Barrett, have you seen that clip? I, I haven't. I've seen the one where Sheamus rips it royally out of Drew for using the flatliner as a finisher. Yes. What's the Undertaker one? He says he's got he's 24 years old and he's facing The Undertaker in the main event of SmackDown the week before WrestleMania 26. So it's Taker's last match before he faces Sean, before he retires Sean. Big match. And if you haven't seen this, go and check it out on Instagram. It's in the minute and 30 clip. It's so good. Um, and he says he's obviously in his pants. He's very nervous. Um, so he tries in catering to go and speak to Wade Barrett, um, Stu Bennett, who's his good mate. And Wade is in NXT back then. And he's chatting, chatting. Like, it was such a big deal. Like, they were pumping Drew so much that Drew came out second. Taker came out first. So it's just huge. He's trying to talk to Drew, um, to Wade. He doesn't want to bring it up too much. So he's kind of jabbering a bit and hoping Wade will say, what's up, Drew? How can I help you? And he's going to talk about this match. And apparently Wade just turned around and went, Drew, I need you to leave me alone. I've got a big three-minute match against Skip Sheffield tonight. I haven't got time for your nonsense. <laughs> and Drew was like, oh, okay, mate. Sorry, I'll leave you alone. And then later that night, obviously, Wayne Parrott saw the match. Apparently he came up to Drew after he was like, you were coming to talk to me about the fact you were facing the taker, weren't you? He was like, yeah. He was like, I'm so sorry, mate. <laughs> But when you talk about glow up for Goldberg, son, I look, you're the athlete on this show. You can offer us some insight into this. Drew was in good shape before, but you look at that Drew McIntyre and the yeah. Drew McIntyre yeah. now, different people. Would you would you like to know in my household with my better half what Drew McIntyre is referred to as? Yes, please. Big sexy Drew. Yeah, I see it. That's that's what that's what and if Drew McIntyre's wrestling, my better half will watch incredibly. So she's probably in, in, in excited for Drew Jinder. Yes, big sexy Drew is what he's known as. You know what we need from Drew at some point, and I know he can deliver it, but again, under the radar on Dynamite, John Moxley, after he was attacked, did you see that promo he cut on um, mm. that minute 30 where he just paced backstage and took down everyone it was astonishing i had to go back and watch it three or four yeah. times something it, like it, go on when do when i say when moxie paces like that he looks like such a psychopath it's amazing he's he's brilliant it, it gives me such those backstage ones give me such early era shield vibes i mm. love it i love it um but yeah he just he just tore everyone didn't he he was like right i'm taking no prisoners today but he did it in the in the going back to what we were saying about cena and reigns he did it in a way that didn't um denigrate the talent so much as as their characters it didn't he didn't say oh adam page you never got the job done with the ratings you got anyway that's for another point my point i was making was that if wwe could just give drew one of those moments 
after this gender feud, he could be straight back to the top of the card. But yeah. will they? Probably not. Probably okay. not because that they WWE. But no, probably not. Uh, but no, he could do it, and it'd just be such an easy way to get everyone invested in him again. He needs something because he is floundering at the moment, unfortunately. And he was he was the man for twelve months. He took them through the pandemic. He, I hate saying this because it's blamed WWE, but he deserves better. I feel for Drew at the moment, but you get what you deserve as well, don't you? At times, He's, he needs to find a way to make himself relevant again in WWE at the moment because right now, no one's going to events because of Drew McIntyre's stories. Yeah, and look, I feel like maybe we've been a bit harsh on WWE. They have put together a tremendous card for SummerSlam. They have given us Roman Reigns against John Cena. We know the Usos against the Mysterios will bang. We know Edge and Seth Rollins will be great. And Edge having that stadium moment with a young talent is going to mean an awful lot to him. We catch our breath after SummerSlam on Saturday, and then we head to the Capitol Wrestling Center in Orlando on Sunday for NXT TakeOver 36. Walter against Dragunov for the NXT UK title to oh. not sleep on that. Oh, Walter Dragunov, yes. Yes. <laughs> and then Karrion Cross against Samoa Joe for the NXT title. Raquel Gonzalez against Dakota Kai for the NXT Women's Championship. LA Knight puts a million-dollar championship up against Cameron Grimes. Uh, and then Kyle O'Reilly against Adam Cole. A traditional match, a street fight, a steel cage match if needed, which, of course, it will be needed. They always need it. Um, after all the nonsense that WWE, or rather NXT, has had to put up with, what a joy to just have a straight-up wrestling card that looks as good as this one. That is a wrestling show, isn't it? That is shock. Takeover is the best pure wrestling show of the weekend. There'll be all the bells and whistles at Rampage. SummerSlam will be huge production value. And on Sunday night, it I guarantee you when we sit down next week, my favourite show of the weekend will be Takeover. It always is. It always is. There's not a bad match on that card. Not a single bad match. Not one I'm not looking forward to. Someone facing someone, it happens to be LA Knight and Cameron Grimes for the million dollar title, isn't something I thought was going to be happening in 2021. But here we are, and I love it. It's just such a good mix, isn't it, of pure wrestling and storytelling on that card. I don't think a single match will disappoint. Walter Dragunov will steal the show, I think, because it's just going to be barbaric. If you've seen their first match, they've got to top that somehow because they're on the big stage now. I don't know how, how do they top do. That? How would you top that? There's going to be a murder. There's going to be a murder. <laughs> Is I've heard a lot of people saying it. Walter will have held this title for something stupid like 860 days by this point. Mm. Is Dragunov the man? No. No, I don't think he is either. But then and it's not a knock on Dragunov. No. I just, I don't, I don't see him taking that title from Walter. I don't know who does, and, but it's not him. And if it's not the right one, don't rush it. Let Walter hold it for a thousand days if you want. Let him. Because imagine that story when he, if they can convince him, because I love that he hasn't gone to the main roster yet, because I quote, he doesn't want to live in America, which I think is brilliant. I yes. love that. If they can finally convince him to come and live in America, how better to make it feel like a big deal than either A, he comes over with the title that he's held for over a thousand days, or B, you have the storyline that he held it for a thousand days. Do you just go with the whole Asuka story when she left NXT that you've got to retire this? Like, no, no one can beat you. No one can. But please don't run away with our ball, with our title. Please leave it so someone else can play with it. Uh, I don't think Dragonov is the man, uh, but I know he'll give it a bloody good go, won't he, old yeah. Elijah? Um, I mean, if, if you're NXT and the powers that be there and you're sitting backstage and you're thinking, right, we've got one, two, three, four, five matches. Who's on first and who's on last? I mean, you, you don't want to follow any of those matches. 
they, they always well O'Reilly Cole is last, isn't it? That's last. I think that has to be your main event. Yep. I think. But then you'll Cross- just, sorry. Then you'll say in the NXT title with Karrion yeah, Cross, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe's return to wrestling. That, yeah. That's yeah. I think that'll go on second last. I think the women's title will go on third last. Uh, I think LA Knight and Cameron Grimes will open the show. And I think um, Dragunov and Walter will go on second. And it's going to ruin the rest of the card. Because how do you follow it? And and you look at all the talent they've got there in NXT that isn't on the card. I love the restraint. I love that they don't yeah. try and throw everyone yeah. on. They say, these are the stories. This is what we're telling this month, these these these, these few weeks. This is what yeah. we're doing. Yeah. No no, Champa, no Gargano. Two of the biggest names in wrestling. Oh, Congratulations to the Garganos, big fans of the show. You're having a baby. Well done. I know you listen each week. So well done. Well done for having a baby. Speaking of big fans of the show, Chris Jericho, thank you for the retweet. We appreciate that very much. Actually, we have to very much be in Carrion Cross's corner this weekend yes. as well, because he's also a big fan. So come on, Carrion, get the job yeah. done. We, we are Carrion Cross ultras after yes. he, um, well, he threatened us, we'll be honest, before England's Euro 2020 final against Italy. And then you had to talk him down. Uh, look, this is the last chapter of Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. Do we see either the winner or the loser on the main roster on the Monday or Friday afterwards? Because whoever comes out on top or lo- one of them has to leave, you would think. You can't just slot them into another feud. I would say Adam Cole loses and Adam Cole leaves either to the main roster or leave WWE. I think that's the way this goes. I think he definitely has to put Kyle over, uh, and then we either see him on Raw or SmackDown, or we get Sean Ross Sapp telling us that Adam Cole has chosen not to renew his contract. I, how exciting is this? I know, look, I know we sit and we nitpick and we put holes in things we don't like and we play praise to the hilt things we do like, but what a bloody brilliant time to be a wrestling fan at the moment. I mean, it's just extraordinary. I honestly, I'm just constantly refreshing. The two things, two huge passions I have in my life, um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and wrestling, aside from rugby, which is my job. That's my first passion. I am constantly at the moment refreshing two Twitter pages. Sean Ross Sapp, because if anything happens in wrestling, he's the first man to know, so I need to know. And there is a comic book journalist called Brandon Davis who knows everything in comic book world as well that I need to know. I'm constantly just refreshing their Twitter to see if anything's happened. Because if it has, neither of those worlds, they know straight away. It's amazing. I'd, I wouldn't you love to know who SRS's intel comes from? Who who gives him the leaks? Wouldn't you love to know that? Well, uh, as a journalist, you have some people who will tip you off about things with a nudge and a wink. And I think when you get to a certain stage, you get more people coming to you. But I, you wonder what he knows that he doesn't tell, or because he, yeah. he he isn't someone who will throw up like we know him. But he he, he isn't someone who throws up a rumor for the sake of clips. No. So you wonder what no. people come to him, and he says, "I'm just going to sit tight on that because yeah." And and what his life must be like as well, you know, it must and be also. Sort of, how tough it has been in wrestling journals, how quickly things change. So you report something that when you report it, that is what WWE are doing. That is the truth when you report it. But three minutes later, Vince could have changed everything. So yeah. it's tough to report it and then know that's not going to change because all it takes, unfortunately, is one big story going wrong and your credibility is ruined. Yeah. So he, he does an incredible job. 
it's why we don't do it on this pod. We are we make no bones about the fact we are fans. We just speculate as fans. We have no journalistic pretensions on this. Now, it's been a different show today because we've had so much to fit in. Uh, we will give you next week's uh, fantasy booking challenge in a moment. Charlie's grinning like a Cheshire cat because he's come up with it. But let's just go back to um, the ones we were doing last week, which in wrestling, as it is at the moment, seems a lifetime ago. It was wrestling's missed opportunities. And this comes to us from Andrew, regular fantasy booker and an absolute gem when it comes to booking these storylines he says for missed opportunity booking look no further than jeff hardy through the first quarter of 2009 there's a legitimate argument to be made that he was the most popular guy in the company at that point so he should have gotten the chance to walk into at least wrestlemania as a wwe champion if not headline the show part of this is that i'm not sure how many people actually wanted to see jeff versus matt in the i quit match at mania that year so edge beating him at the rumble led to him dropping the title in the elimination chamber the next month anyway so in hindsight i'd have done this instead at the royal rumble have jeff defend successfully against the undertaker taker didn't win the rumble match and what he did didn't lead to his mania match so with the history we're talking about here before we can swap him in here this will make sense after the match christian returns to wwe by attacking jeff revealing he's the one behind jeff's accidents not matt that apparently was the plan until it was guessed online and they changed it linking into what you're saying there charlie this could leave us to have one more match between edge and christian and the hardys at no way out and then edge versus jeff at mania i'd have said a tlc or ladder match would be perfect for them but you still have money in the bank at mania at that point so let's put them inside hell in a cell at wrestlemania to give jeff a moment to do something crazy you play into all the history between them as teams back in the attitude eras jeff return in 2006 and then them going for the title in 2008 I'd probably have Jeff win, although that could go either way, and have ECW champion at the time, Matt Hardy, come out and have a celebratory moment a la WrestleMania 20. Then Jeff holds on to the title until he loses the same way he actually did, cashing into CM Punk, so we will still get that awesome feud. Get Andrew on the booking committee. That's how it needs yeah. to be done. Yeah, he's so much better than both of us. Like, he saw straight away that this might be a goodbye tour for Jericho, which neither of us had thought of. And then as soon as he yes. said it, we're like, oh, yeah, it could be. It's like he's ticking his list, isn't he? Andrew's very good. I, I don't want Andrew on, though, because then there'll be no reason for us to come and do this. So, so I really quite enjoy him just sending them in. Thank you very much, Andrew. It makes us look great. Yeah, it was a great one, Andrew. And you're right, Jeff Hardy, there was that point where I, I, was, I was old enough to know better. I was in my final uni year at uni, and I was legitimately sad on that SmackDown where he left the company. I was legitimately sad that my guy was going. Um, so look, fantasy booking returns next week, Charlie. Although how are we going to fit it in when we'll be talking about a CM Punk return, Reigns and Cena with the result, whatever surprise is coming our way at SummerSlam. But it is your turn to set. We broke your heart a few weeks ago doing the Undertaker streak ending story. What do you have for us? So I considered doing something horrible with JR for you. No, but I no, decided, no, no, decided no. to rise above it and be the best man. So I've got a bit of a different one. So I would like you, Mr. Burley, mm -hmm. to book your all-time fantasy WrestleMania. Now, here are the rules. Here are the rules. You must book an eight-match card, okay? It, there must be eight matches that happened at WrestleMania, any WrestleMania ever, okay? The opening match must be an opening match of a WrestleMania. And the main event must be a main event of a WrestleMania. The other six can be anywhere on a card, but they can't be an opener or a main event. You're only allowed one opener and one main event on your card. And they have to be in those slots. The other six are anything that was in any slot 
apart from those two on a WrestleMania card. All all, my days. You can't change a single thing that happened in that match. It happens as it happened. Okay? So this is essentially a buffet of WrestleMania's greatest moments. The last match has to have been in a last match position. The first match has to have been in a first match position. Anything else from any other position bar first and last. Yes. You also need to choose a city for it to be in, a set, and you'll like this. I will let you choose your dream commentary team for the whole thing. Done. Yes, I thought it might be. (laughs) Anything else you'd like to add? Any other tidbits from WrestleMania you'd like to add? You are more than welcome. But I want your dream WrestleMania. Eight matches, one opener, one main event for the rest of the card. Question, sir. Yes. Given it is my fantasy uh, WrestleMania, can I have wrestlers doing double duty? For example, could ah, I have the no, main... That's no, the other, that's the other rule. Sorry, you brought that up. Every wrestler only wrestles once. So you couldn't have, for example, if you were me, you couldn't have Sean versus Taker from 26 as your main event and end of an era Hell in a Cell. No, 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 no. They wrestle once. Like They, they, they are on the card. They wrestle once and once only. That is astonishing as i love it i absolutely love that what were you doing on a drive back from training that i was no i was i was sat in a sauna is what i was doing (laughs) because i've had yes hilarious i'm glad that's what the reaction get i've had a bit of a niggly elbow this week uh and heat helps and also sauna is just good for you so i was sat in a sauna and i was thinking what can i do that's a bit different and i was gonna do SummerSlam because it's SummerSlam, but actually wrestlemania is much more fun that is astonishing. Also, I've now got images of you like Val Venus sat in sat oh, in the God. sun in the oh, in the in God. the towel. No one um, needs that. I love it. I, Charlie, that is honestly, that is such a good topic. That is going to be extraordinary. Um, look, it's not just myself and Charlie doing this. This is for you as well. Uh, Jack underscore Merley, Charlie underscore Beckett, uh, earning the push podcast at hotmail.com. So your ultimate WrestleMania card, any opener, any main event, they have to have been in the opener or main event position. Then any other match from the cards through the years that wasn't an opener or main event, pick your set, pick your commentary team, pick any other bells and whistles you want. How do you even start doing that? I don't know. Well, I do because I've done I've done pretty much all of mine already because it's my thought. I, I spent the next twenty minutes of the sauna thinking of it. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's really good fun to do. It'll take far too much of your time, and you'll change your. I've already changed about three or four times. It's just the fact that. No, okay, right, no, I'm going to leave that there because that is going to take up a lot of my time. Right, it's been a different format this week, but understandably because of everything going on. Remember, you can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcast from. If you love wrestling, tell a mate about what we do here. Word of mouth is the best way to keep doing it. Charlie, what is the one moment we will be talking about first on next week's show? Uh, Punk, CM Punk coming back. Not Becky Lynch, not a Becky Lynch return? No, I think that's exciting. The fact that we haven't really even spoken about on this show, the fact that she's probably coming back, shows how it doesn't underplay the star that Becky Lynch is because she's the biggest women's star in wrestling. It just shows how huge everything else is. I think Punk is the one we never thought we'd see again, isn't he? And I think we thought when AEW came back, first of all, we'd see him then if he came back. So when he did come back then, I think we all thought it wasn't going to happen. And it's a pinch yourself moment that he's coming back to professional wrestling. 
So I think that that will be where we're starting. I, I'd be shocked if it's not. It is an amazing time for being a wrestling fan. It's a great time to have a wrestling podcast and it's a great time to have you listen. We will wrap it up there on behalf of myself, Jack Murley and Charlie Beckett. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy every single moment of this weekend. We'll be picking the bones out of it next time here on Earning the Push. Until then, we'll see you down the road. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.